Let's start. Welcome to episode 9 of Soul Notes, the Solarian Fan Podcast. Uh, this week I am joined by Soren42. That's me. Duke46. What's up? Raffle Stumpskin, once again. Hey, what's going on? And maybe later we'll have Alphonse joining us. Uh, this week we're going to be discussing our opinions on the Solstice of Heroes for year two, or almost year three. Uh, so if you guys want to go ahead and get started with that, Soren, do you have anything to bring up this week? You know, I just have um, one quick clan note I want to mention. Uh, our Solid Gold tournament is underway. So we have over 50 competitors uh, doing up to three Rumble matches per week, four points for a six-week tournament. Uh, and at the end, the player with the most accumulated points will receive $20 in silver in-game, a title in the Discord, and some clan swag. Uh, and the runners-up on each platform will receive a title in the Discord and some emblem codes as well. So we're excited to see that uh, be underway. And if you want to know more, maybe see some videos, uh, you're welcome to check out our website, solarian.net. Or if you're a member of our community, you can uh, check out the Destiny Videos channel in the Discord because I've posted some gameplay footage out there already. Sweet. That's all I've got for this week. So why don't we move on to our main topic? Uh, we're going to be discussing, like I said, Souls of, of Heroes. Uh, Rolfo, you said that you have almost three full sets complete, right? Oh, no, no. I, I have um, two, two halfway complete. Two halfway. Okay. My bad. Uh, does anyone have a completed set yet? I do have a completed set. I have a sure. completed set, and I have one that's three quarters and one at half. Well, Dupe, do you want to go ahead and... Uh, let us know what you think of this year's Solstice versus last year's, the grind, I mean, of getting your sets done, and then we'll just go down the list from there. Yeah, sure. Um, so compared to last year's Solstice, I believe the grind this year is a lot easier, if that makes any sense. And um, it's, it's still a grind, but it was more tedious last season, it seems like to me. I don't remember it... Um, too much but it seemed like it was more of a real mad dash push to get um a lot of the the things done and i did all three characters last season so on the grind to try to get all three characters it, it was definitely a push it seems like there was a lot more things to do whereas for this season the grind is playable so you, you really outside of maybe having to do and gambit now or I think during the green set you got to do strikes. Um, it's I mean to me that's the only grindy thing. And the fact that Bungie did change the mini boss um, part of it for the blue set um, was huge. That makes it even easier to obtain and less stressful. Because this time around, I feel like I'm doing I'm actually playing the game as opposed to just playing. Um, certain things over and over again to get the set done. 
that uh, makes any sense or if anybody else has felt the same way. So um, I was able to get, now I, I wasn't able to dedicate a full day towards um, going after my set. So I already have my Warlock um, Majestic set. And if I were to add up the time that it took me and I did it mostly solo, probably four to five hours, I put it all together. Because I think getting from green to blue with me just sitting down and just concentrating on it, not doing anything else, not being bothered, it only took me about two and a half hours. Um, and that was solo. So if I was doing it a fire team, it may have went probably a lot faster, maybe an hour, hour and a half. Um, the blue set wasn't too bad. Did team up to do the mini boss cheese, which cheese can actually be uh, put on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly the greatest cheese, but it got it done. So, um, but um, that set only took me. It didn't take me long to get that set done as well. Because like the only thing that really held up that set was the the mini the hundred mini bosses. So, um, but other than that, I think that um, it's been really really good. Masterwork in it too tough to do um i think running the shattered throne is probably the one that's probably the hardest to do um to masterwork the other the other masterworks are easy to kind of accomplish if you just put a fire team together um to get that done but um i thought overall for me um definitely a better experience and i feel less stressed even though um I don't know if it makes any sense for me to get all three sets right now, but um, being that I'm trying to be a collector, <laughs> uh, I want them. So I think that is not, I feel, I don't feel any stress to get it done. I know I'll be able to get it done prior to the 27th when, when the actual um, moments would have been over and done with. So yeah, that's my thoughts. All right. Uh, who wants to go next, Soren or Rolfo? I'll speak up, I guess. Um, I actually think that this year's grind is pretty comparable to last year's grind. The, what makes it seem like it's less so, I think, is that there's more diverse activities. So we didn't have Gambit last year. Um, we didn't have uh, the throne to run. Um, and there was less to do in game in general. I think that makes it seem a little more diverse. I think it's about as long maybe even a little bit longer of a grind for some of the steps on this. But if you optimize it and do it with a fire team of people you know, it seems to go a little faster. And like Dupe said, I used the, uh, the quote-unquote cheese uh, with uh, Trek on uh, for the 50, formerly 100, mini-bosses in the European aerial zone. But it wasn't like we got a full group together. We just you know happened to find a blueberry who was running it while at the same time as us, and we all just did it without even discussing it. So uh, that wasn't too bad. Like Dupe said, though, I'm glad they turned that uh, requirement down from 100 to 50, because we just got to 50 and went on to the next step and just waited for the patch to come out to, to finish it off. So um, I will say I like the European aerial zone as something that's uh, key to the Solstice of Heroes this year. It's nice that they didn't just go back to the Infinite Forest uh, as, you know, another event space. There's obviously similarities there, but the gameplay loop is so different with the EAZ 
that uh, you know it's a refreshing change. It's nice to see them add something new like that in. As far as people, you know, getting a whole set done, I'll probably have my whole first set done by the end of this podcast. Uh, however, I can't see in the week that's left doing another full set even, let alone all three. I would have loved to have gotten that Void Streak Sparrow, but, uh, you know, time is not always your friend. So, but it's oh, been enjoyable. We only have one week left? Yeah. Uh, this coming Tuesday is the last reset of Solstice of Heroes. So, you have a week from, till a week from Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, Raffle, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> My thoughts on it, let's see. I think Souls of Heroes is good this year round. It's much better than last year's. Last year's is, I, you know, doing the same missions over again with different modifiers. It just didn't, it felt a little too grindy for me. Uh, like they said, you know, it's better this time around because it's, more spread out, there's much more to do in the game, so therefore it, it's more enjoyable. And if you wanted to play like 30 rounds of Gambit, even though you only need 10, you can still do it and still gain some progress on your other on your other items, unless it's you know specific to like EAZ or what have you. So that was good. But at the same time, I feel like the game is just becoming very grindy. Very, you know, go here, do this thing. And it's not as enjoyable as I feel like Destiny 1 was in certain ways. So, I hear, you know, you know, they're talking about making changes, and we'll see what that hap- what happens with that. Uh, the EAZ, do like it um, in some ways. I don't love it, but I like it. It's better than going back to the Infinite Forest. Infinite Forest, I'm over with it. And we keep going back to the well again and doing it again and doing it again. But, you know, EAZ was refreshing. Traversing the map, though, is a little cumbersome. You know, trying to get uh, 10, 15... On your character class more than anything. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's... Um, <laughs> I'm running through with Titan and, and Warlock, and it's just trying to get through it quickly to get as many of the, the bosses up as you can. It's just... Yeah, you know, see, that's where, of... that's where you screwed up. Doing it on Hunter, I can cover the map quick especially mm. since you have sparrows and everything oh it's so yeah. easy getting from one side to the other go ahead um, it's for me it's just been it's just been difficult for you know because calf i play with calf all the time and she mm. uh she's not very good at the jumping so it's it's frustrating for her to go into eaz and that kind of affects how much of it i i do and i can see where it does get a little challenging yeah of course for me, it's mm-hmm. you know it's, it's waiting until it's waiting until uh, solstice is over. I I might finish. I'm probably going to finish the one set, and then I don't know if I'll go after another one. But for right now, I'm you know, I'm going to at least get one done. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's what we thought of our comparisons to D1 initial impressions. Uh, you did bring up EAZ, and I wanted to know what your guys' opinion on EAZ was. And I'm not gonna contribute anything for the grind because I haven't done it. I have maybe mm-hmm. one requirement done on a helmet and that's it. I was not focusing on solstice. Uh, but yeah, what do we think of actually having, like just the EAZ, excluding the whole solstice? Like just playing, well I guess we kind of have to include solstice. Uh, you know, just playing the EAZ, the rewards that we get at the end of it, the chests, the like 
you know, that speed run where we have to find them all. What do you guys think of that? Um, I, I mean, I would say that it's, I don't, I don't mind that. I actually like, and I like the fact that, um, if you are running it as a three man team and, um, the chests are all going to spawn in the same spots and you kind of figure it out on your own that they're going to spawn where the bosses that you killed died, the mini bosses died. So as long as you have a group, um, then it makes it a little easier to collect those chests. But if you're running solo, it can be a little bit of a pain because that's like the one last thing I have to do in the EAZ on my Titan is get 11 chests and then I'm done with EAZ for now. It's 23 um, hours. Say that again. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that <laughs> I, I never knew that the chests spawn where the mini bosses were. I always just memorized them yeah. in like the five seconds that they show it to you. <laughs> Yeah, if you remember where you killed your bosses, then you can go to that area and the chests will be there. Oh, holy crap. It's that general area, though. The, yeah, the chests are always area. in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah, the chest spots don't, don't change. But, like, once you realize that, it makes it a little bit easier to do. But then, if you don't know where those... Um, that's where it's always good to remember where you've killed your boss so that you can go on and just get that chest in that area if you can remember the area i think the zone um, actually going there is a little bit refreshing to go to the eaz which makes it a little bit different a different space something different to look at and you know you're only going to be there for a limited time so you have to go there to uh, complete your um to help complete your set but it's not something that you necessarily have to play through every day so every time you go in for me is almost like a fresh um a fresh look into it so i can stay there and grind the chest or grind the mini bosses now that the mini boss part is 50 <laughs> with no problem because um it's 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 different it's new um but um the only thing i would say is that memorizing those ch at, at the beginning memorizing where those chest locations were was a bit of a pain in the butt because they flash so quickly but if you're in the general area with the last 10 seconds, you can probably get it. Um, so I like that fact that they do help you out with that. But overall, I think, um, I think it's a fun space. Good for it to be um, for it to be there for the time being. So I'm happy with it. Um, is a difference from the Infinite Forest, which the Infinite Forest wasn't too bad, so to speak. Um, it did get a little bit redundant at times with the different with the changing um um uh what you call it it was the the, the changing things like um you had to like whatever it was like you start off one one section you got to there's like momentum or whatever so i know it was a little bit different with with that um having those different um um what's the names put on it but the modifiers um, yeah modifiers yeah so i think that the eaz was was a good part i mean the bosses the mini bosses are tanky but not really once you understand once you figure out the right loadout um there are some bosses that are ridiculous like the uh the uh the witch one that's the same witch from um the one strike From that we strike. do. Strike, yeah, the double, yeah, double witch. That that's the most annoying boss. 
<laughs> in the EAZ. Oh, you don't want that one. The one that has been giving me the most trouble is the uh, the ogre that spawns with the other ogres. Yes. Yeah. That oh yeah, one. that one. That I will take that one any day over those witches. <laughs> Personally, I love the servitors that just keep breaking into smaller servitors. Yeah, it's that's just cool to see. Oh, it's perfect for tethers. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> but the good thing about doing the servitors too is that that boss, it doesn't feel like it's a bullet sponge. Right. I mean, you're taking it down. Um, even the, um, but the other thing that I also realized is that the more pieces you don't have to wear, so if you can wear your own gear in there, yeah. then of course you have your buffs now and it gives you, it makes you a little bit more stronger so the, the bosses aren't as tanky. But when you have to wear, wear those certain pieces, it's just, it just kills the momentum. Yeah. Being stuck without certain exotics in there is is rough. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't think actually since I haven't done any of my uh, solstice grinding, I've only gone in there. Which I guess is probably why I've been having so much easier movement with it is because I've always gone in there with stompies and you know max agility and all that stuff. Well, and I love that you know at the outside of the maps, there's those launchers that send you to the other side of the map and up in the air. So you can really get some some fun mobility mechanics, you know, in there. Unless you're on a tight and you fall like a tank. <laughs> I mean, that's the only character I've done so far, and I've not had yeah. any problems with it. So I mean, uh, it's, well, you know, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't main Titan. I'm like, when I'm when I'm playing with a Titan, I'm all over the place. It's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I need training wheels or something. So, uh, Ruffle. What do you think of the EAZ as a game mode? I think it's I think it's good. I, I like I like the idea of going to a new place, take out some bosses, take out a bunch of enemies. I kinda wish we had a little bit more time though. I wish we could spend more time there and maybe do some other things within the map as opposed to just um that just activity. Like the, yeah. yeah. But otherwise, I think it's interesting. I wish there was maybe a little bit more lore attached to it. Like, why is it floating? What's it doing there? What happened? Who did it? Is it having post traveler? Has it always been there? Why are these races now here? You know, it's interesting that we have we never really have hive on Earth yet. So it's interesting that way. Well, we did in D one. In D one, yeah. Yeah, they were in the uh, what was it? The Cosmodrome. Yeah, yeah, in D1, there. but not D2. We've been right. with Fallen and Cabal and Taken. Now, where did these hives come from? You know, it's EAZ. It's European still, so. Yep. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, we've had Taken. I remember that. Well, and they talked about a little bit about the, the history behind the EAZ when they announced it, but I honestly don't remember what it was. <laughs> Uh, so when you start the game and you talk to Eva Levante, she says that the wizards, or not the wizards, the warlocks, uh, uh, what's her name? The warlock vanguard. Ikora. Ikora. Yeah, Ikora. Yeah. Uh, Ikora got the rest of the warlocks together and they all made the EAZ specifically for Solstice of Heroes. So really? the reason why it's floating and all that is because they created the whole thing just for okay. Guardians to play around in. 
they never went over where the enemies came from, though. Uh, I would say that's gameplay and story segregation. Mm-hmm. Sounds like crazy. Of course, the interesting thing that everyone on this podcast, being a PS4 player, would not have realized is those uh, those bosses that you like, the wizard, right? That's or don't like that splits into two is mm-hmm. from the Broodhold Strike, which is a PS4 exclusive strike. However, that boss is in the EAC for all players to play. Mm-hmm. So, players on other platforms got a completely new boss and new mechanics. Oh, yeah. Because so, I've never gotten... Right. I... Go ahead. He's right. I completely forgot about that. Just like with the Thorn uh, quest line, where you finish it off in the Broodhold strike area. You know, it was an area that everybody gets the Thorn quest line. Players on PC, players on Xbox thought that that was a whole new area that Bungie had designed just for the Thorn strike. And it's like, no, sorry, guys, that's from the, you know, PS4 exclusive. So it's nice to see that they're using that content on the other platforms. And that other players are getting to experience it, uh, not just PlayStation players. So, yeah, and uh, I was gonna say I, because I've never gotten that boss yet. So, gotcha. Uh, is it actually the Broodhold boss, Strike boss, like with yep. all the same yeah, stuff, like is. the exact same one? Yep, splits into the shade and everything. Oh, cool! I actually like that boss. I like Broodhold. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just a little annoying that it splits into shade like five. You're a little quiet there, dude. <laughs> well, the downside to it really, me? I think, in the in the EAZ version is that unlike the, well, I guess the Broodhold version sort of does it to some degree. It does it a little differently. In the Broodhold, right, one of the wizards will go away when the other one appears. In the EAZ version, they both stay, but one goes immune at a certain point. Which is really annoying because you can't tell that it's immune until you start shooting the wrong one. Right. And realize you're not doing any damage. Yeah, in the Brute Hold, we get one, then we get the other one, and then we get the one at the end that splits into the two. Right, but in Brute Hold, you can damage them both when they're both up. So, and but not in the EAZ. In the EAZ, do both just spawn at once? Now, it splits after you've done about 25% uh, damage to it, taking about a quarter of its health away. It splits into two, and then they both just stay there. But they go back and forth between being immune. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not that bad. Um, I just think that it's such a neat area... That it, it's a shame that there's no story mission or crucible map or something there that you can yeah. spend a little bit more time exploring. It needs oh, more. Because I would suck. From a platforming perspective, it is really cool. I mean, they, they did a really mm-hmm. good job with the, the, the layout for platforming that time, this time, because. We didn't expect it that first week, you know, and when it first came out, that everything was going to be on roofs and in this maze of corridors inside the buildings and whatnot. Um, and a lot of people didn't realize that you'd have to go under some fences and over others. Uh, 
it just made mm-hmm. for an interesting discovery of that whole zone, assuming you didn't go on the internet and just find a map. Mm-hmm. Well, even I think even if you went and got a map of it, just because of how much verticality there is, it'd be kind of hard to know where everything is. So yeah. Even when I'm doing my treasure uh, chest search at the end of the uh, the event game, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, I'll have my ghost up with treasure scanner sensor whatever, and I'll see you know oh there's a treasure on the other side of this wall, and it takes me 45 seconds running around trying to figure out how the hell to get to it because oh it can take longer than that heck. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm within 10 meters, obviously, because it's popping up yeah. on a ghost. Where the fuck is it? How do I get there? <laughs> but yeah, I was. I thought about the whole, if it was a PvP map thing, It. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be really cool, because there's some really fucking huge sight lines. Yeah. It would be awesome in that map. But then I think about, oh, what if they put like the capture points indoors? So it's just going to be shotguns. Oh, yeah. And they put the capture points outdoors, so you're going to try to cap and just get your melon popped and yeah i thought about <laughs> it and you really wouldn't be able to do like control in that but um well they're going to bring a variation of it back it's been confirmed for shadow keep um it'll be uh the widow's uh court map from d1 yeah i can't wait for yeah so but uh, it'll be a variation of it in the eaz apparently That'll be cool. Yeah. Well, basically, it just means it's going to be Widow's Court again. Yeah, pretty much. What was that other map from D1 that everybody liked? Uh, that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh. It was... Oh, fuck, what was it? The Earth map? It, yeah, it was one of the Earth maps. It wasn't the one that took place in, like, the steel structure. Um... Not the Twilight Gap map. That was a good one, though. <laughs> that was a good one. Widow's Walk or had... something? It may have been Widow's Walk. The one where it had the big dividing wall in the middle. And you had the little tunnel that went underneath the middle. And there was a building off to the right side. And you would spawn right in front of like a big, uh, big silo type thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a small little square off on the opposite corner that was a capture point. I'm really not explaining this at all. I know which one you're talking about. You're talking about the Exodus Blue. Was it Exodus Blue? Yep. Oh, huh. uh, yes, I remember that one. Yeah, but that's one that I really want to see come back. That was an awesome map. Yeah, that was a fun one. I enjoyed that one over. It was the Trials map. Uh, oh no, that wasn't the one I was talking about. But that's that is an oh. awesome. Exodus Blue is a nice one. Yeah, that's why I didn't recognize it. Yeah, that's another one of those really awesome maps. It was. I'm gonna go ahead and keep looking for it if you guys want to. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Um, what was it? I think it was Rusted Lands. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah Rusted Lands. That's similar title set. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a really good one. They. God, I think like half the maps were on Earth, weren't they? Because you had Widow's Core, a bunch. Widow's yeah, Rock, Exodus Blue, Rusted Lands. Anyways, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there was a lot on Earth. Absolutely. 
was that Firebase uh, one they had? That was on Mars. Fi- oh, well, there was um, Firebase Hades. Oh, that was a good map, too. That was a good one. That was uh, that was the map that was the map for Trials the week that I finally went flawless. Uh, well, that wasn't the map for the week, but we did... We got flawless on that map, I should say. Nice. Oh, so it was a rotating week. One of those yeah, rare rotating so. weeks? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was back in the day when everyone had palindrome and... Oh, what was I running? I had palindrome yeah. and uh, Defiance of Yasmin, which I really Yes. Defiance was the best weapon. All right, well, uh, I thought we were going to go over more stuff. Go ahead. Somebody was going to say something? Raffle? Oh, no, I was just saying, man. You know, defines a Yasmin, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what does everybody think about the elemental orbs this uh, solstice? I mean, obviously, we had them last solstice, but they work differently this time. I Personally, I don't think they have the impact that Bungie was hoping they would on gameplay. Uh, solar ones. No, they. Been... They. It... Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, solar ones really didn't do a whole lot. They're kind of cool. Void. I really like the void one when you're in PVE because the whole crouch and immediately go invisible thing is really awesome. But it doesn't help a whole much. Uh, the arc one though is awesome because I like going fast and it makes you go fast. And then when I pop my super while I have it up, my super's up for like twice as long, and I go even faster. That's about it, though. They don't really yeah. change too much for me, you know, just gameplay-wise. I mean, they're they're cool when they're on, but I don't know what they're doing half the time, too. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you kind of have to pay attention to when they pop up and know what they yeah what they're what they give you. I mean, the solar one's pretty obvious what it gives you, so that one's yeah. not too bad. But the other two are a little more subtle in the effect mm-hmm. that they provide. So. Like when I got the void one and I started and I slid for some reason, I turned invisible. I'm like, oh god, is that thing having an iron banner happening again? <laughs> yeah, it was like, who smoked me? Who on my team smoked me? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think the biggest issue with them is just the threshold to activate them is so high. Yeah, 30 orbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I've done entire. I've done entire EAZ runs and not even triggered it once. You know, I'll finish it like 25. Um, well, I realize if you find those crystals in the EAZ, it yeah. gives you a significant buff. Oh, yeah. And if you track down the Taken and kill him, it, it yeah. that too. he drops yep. uh, an orb that immediately triggers it. But even then, it's like mm. you have to go out of your way to activate it. And I think if they yeah. dropped it to like 20 or 15 orbs to pick up, it would have been way more fun. And Honestly, mm-hmm. not even game breaking because the effects aren't even all that powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah, and 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 then they did the right thing about keeping it out of um, some of the higher, more competitive play modes like comp is not in comp. Yeah, whatever. I it's mean, I, I don't in, see why uh, it's not in Gambit Prime. It's not in Prime. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, they could have put it in Prime. I mean, that would have worked fine, I, I think, but oh, yeah. Honestly, I didn't even see it in Gambit proper. Yeah, it's in not, proper Gambit. It's, it's just not it's, in Prime. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's there, but even when I was playing, I never actually saw anybody get them. I should yeah. say. Like, I never saw them get activated in actual Gambit. Maybe a couple times, because it is long enough to activate it. But, you know, because of the whole tied to the elements of the week and all that other stuff going on, it's like, you almost... Unless you're actively trying to activate them, you're not going to get them. Yeah. Not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort to get it done. Absolutely. I thought this topic was going to last us a lot longer than it actually did. <laughs> well, I mean, we still haven't really talked about uh, the tribute hall or the uh, that that sort of quest. I guess that's the moment's triumph more than anything. But the tribute hall itself, as well as the bad juju quest line, we haven't really touched on. Uh, I thought we did. Oh yeah, because last episode we had Raffle and we just discussed um... Guardian Con. Yeah, Guardian Con. And we did touch on Tribute Hall a little bit, I think, but we didn't really discuss it. Right. So why don't we go over that as well? What do you guys think of the Tribute Hall and Moments of Triumph? That's actually a very open-ended question. So, Dupe, what do you think of (laughs) this year's Moments of Triumph uh, compared to... We didn't have one last year, did we? I don't remember. Yeah, they've done Moments Uh, of Triumph every year. Okay. Yeah, we, we did. Um, right, well, I think, well, I think, I think this year's uh, moments of triumph was okay. I don't think it was anything crazy. Um, I think it was just okay. <laughs> um, I haven't completed it yet, but um, it pretty much encompassed, encompassed everything that any other moments of triumph um, has with um, completing the raids. Which um, I was fortunate to do. Only thing that I have left to do is um, get the bad juju and um, actually get three more uh, frames. Which I have the frames in the forges. I actually have to do a forge. So and I'll have the two. But um, it was it was rather easy to accomplish. It was good to see that a lot of um, the things that they wanted you to accomplish, I had already done. So it wasn't too much of a grind to get it done. So I'm just buying my time, especially since um, you got until the, what, October? Until, uh, yeah, um, end well, of September. Yeah, end, end of September. September. Yeah. To, um, to get it done. So I'm not in a rush. But I think if you want to order this shirt, you got to do it before the 31st of yep. August. I've actually uh, I've got my shirt sitting right here next to me. Solarian on the sleeve, of course. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Um, like you, I went in with a bunch of them complete. What kind of, I don't know, frustrates me a little bit in these, this year's Moments of Triumph compared to last year or the year before or any of the D1 Moments of Triumph um, is that it doesn't just require completing the raid once. You have to, if you want the title, you have to complete it multiple times wearing all of that armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a little frustrating. The other thing is that if you want the title, you get to do all of that stuff, which includes getting a Vanguard Pinnacle weapon, a Crucible Pinnacle weapon, and a Gambit Pinnacle weapon. And some people just don't like one or two of those activities. So, mm-hmm. you know, I still have yet to get myself a Crucible Pinnacle weapon, but I'm hoping once uh, 
solstice ends, since there'll be a, quite a few weeks there where we can still work on the moments of triumph, to, I'll be able to knock out uh, my recluse. Well, I think that's actually kind of a nice balance between, you know, if you want to get the seal, you have to be good at every part of the game. But the seal is just a title. It's right. not like a pinnacle weapon or anything. So people who know life, the game, and complete the whole thing don't have a leg up on everyone else. Like, you know, recluse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it, it, it actually is a purely cosmetic, hey, Look, when they first introduced titles, uh, they said, hey, if you see somebody who has this title, you know that dude's a badass. Lots of people have titles nowadays, but if you get the, you know, the seal for Moments of Triumph, you know that actually is a badass, because they've done everything. Yep. And I'm kind of okay with that. Yet, like, Just like you, I don't have a Crucible or Gambit pinnacle weapon, and I'm okay not having them and not getting the seal, because I mean, I'm perfectly fine with it. I don't have any anyways. <laughs> so... I'm not going for that one. Yeah, I'm so close on, on several titles, so I figure if I could just uh, get myself a Crucible Pinnacle weapon, I could probably pick up the, the 2019 title. So, And that would be neat to have. If I don't get it, though, I'm not going to be that crushed. Yeah, that's that something that's not going to really make or break me either. So, Ruffle, what do you think? Your opinions? Uh, me, it's just kind of... I feel like the negative guy today. It's just... Destiny's just been very, very grindy. You know, like you said, like, um, you know, you're talking about how not only do you have to beat the raid, but you have to beat the raid being wearing a certain amount of gear, you know? And, yeah, a certain number of times, not just once. And a certain number of times, yeah. It's, it's Come on. <laughs> I get it. That you know you want to show off, and that's cool for some people. That's what they you know what they want. That's what they're into, and that's cool. Like before, I I got I went after everything in Destiny One. Yep. Uh, Destiny Two, it's kind of gotten to the point where uh, some of these things I'm not too big on. Like I wanted my 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 dragon dragon title. I, that's like I got that almost. I got that very quickly. You know, I wanted that. I chased it. I loved Gambit. And but the other titles I'm not really that into. You see, that's one for me where I'm I'm one square away from having that title, and it's frustrating because it's an RNG piece that's stopping me from having it. Oh man, you talking about the Gambit title? Yep. All I need is that damn ship. <laughs> oh, uh... and I just cannot seem to get it to drop. Well, I can't get Wayfair because I never do the. Uh, I need to do the um, the Nocris Nightfall. Yeah, I had to farm that one a ton. Uh, I just came up with a solo farm for it when it was the Nightfall and got my Wayfair title that way. Oh, by farming it? Yeah. Although, of course, it wasn't the last piece. You recall the last piece was my uh, sniper rifle from. Uh, uh, from Mars Escalation Protocol. Oh, uh, okay. That's you and I did that like five minutes before reset one week. And that was what got me the title. <laughs> They're all yeah, called Ikelos, right? You have the Ikelos and Ikelos Sniper. And, yeah, you have to have all of them, though, for the Wayfarer title. Yeah, it was just... Uh, well, because everyone says Ikelos and just immediately thinks shotgun. 
So. Well, of course, because it's really the only one that's any good. Yeah. The sniper's not bad. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's not terrible or anything, but... It'd be cool if they gave it back uh, the original box breathing for that sniper. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> that one... That shock, or that sniper was the first weapon with box breathing, wasn't it? I believe so. Because I think for a while there, it actually dominated as a weapon because it was the first one to have box breathing, and it was also, it didn't go away when you fired it, like right. the way Whisper has it. So it was actually like ridiculously powerful, and they had to nerf it, if I remember right. Well, what do you guys think of the Tribute Hall? And, you know, the resource dump and having to toss all your cash into a hole to get uh, unlock bad juju and the catalyst. And we'll discuss those here after this. Yeah, I mean, personally, I had the resources to do it. So I just did it and bit the bullet and got it done early on. It's a cool idea as far as um, having the shooting gallery and like you know, unlimited ammo and unlimited super recharge and all that. Um, but I think the whole resource sink is kind of stupid because really, I know their their intention, quote unquote, was that people wait until you know nearer to the end when they have their their massive discount. But nobody really wants to do that. Nobody wants to wait that long, you know. Right. So people end up throwing in resources. Spending, which, you know, on Bungie's part may have been a calculated risk to empty out some of these people that have massive stores of Bright Dust and Legendary Shards. Yeah, but yeah. for the rest of us that don't have massive stores, I mean, it really pushes what you're willing to dismantle, what you're willing to grind for, how much time you have to play to get it out all unlocked. Well, I like the Tribute Hall. Not the word not paying for stuff but i do like it. I, it I like having like kind of like a base even though it's not really a base it kind of like the idea of having your own spot being able to decorate it though would be one thing make it much more personalized as opposed to being something that callus gives you yeah i think they're talking about potentially doing something like that for clans next year so. I was about to say there was a um, somebody suggested making the tribute hall into a clan. Uh, it was a suggestion that I read on um, Reddit. I haven't actually seen anything from them about it yet, but it is still it's pretty cool. I like the idea behind it, behind making it like a clan area, um, like a place to meet up and. Yeah. Get a bunch of people together and start your raid or see, you know, see you hanging around and grab them and go Make do it like something. a clan area of the tower. Banners on the wall, you know, clan name up, maybe some triumphs, sort of like what they do in the division for clans. Never played the division. Well, sorry, in the division two. In the division two, there's a, a clan room in the White House uh, where you have like leaderboards on the wall and. Uh, plaques and and uh, your in, in that case it's a flag, not a a banner, but um, but it's the yeah, same so idea. I that one either. Uh, the closest thing that I can think of, and I hate making this comparison because everyone makes it, but it's really not a good comparison. Is um, 
the Space Ninja ones. What game is that? Uh, oh god, we have a bunch of clan members who play Space it. Ninjas. The Tenno. Um, oh, I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't play it, the, so I don't remember the name. The really popular one that's free to play in. Yeah. Wow, how do how do none of us? Re Hold on, I'll Google it real. Quick. Warframe. Warframe. Thank you. Yeah, I played Warframe for a bit, and I was in a clan, and they had a clan room. So that's like the closest thing I can think of when people say, you know, like a clan area. I would rather it be like a um, something in a tower. Myself, honestly. But yeah, uh, City of Heroes. They had something like that. They had a super group base, and in the base, the, yeah. The clan, the supergroup leader, can you know was able, or certain other people were able to edit the base and stuff that you collected in game was able to be put in the base. And you had base raids too, so they became PvP maps. So like the villains, the city of villains characters could fight the the city of heroes characters and vice versa. So oh, you could nice. raid someone's base and attack them and fight. It, it was really cool. And but then when you did a base raid, you had to, if your stuff got destroyed, you know, you had to, you know, repurchase it all. That was the only mm -hmm. downside to it. So, like, some like super groups would go in there and just destroy everything and then <laughs> not fight you. So they would troll. Okay, yeah. it was a built-in trolling system. But you had to, but you could set the parameters so that was a thing or not a thing. There's a lot of control over it. Yeah. It would be pretty cool if, like, we did get a clan room and there was some sort of, like, clan inventory space. Um, and that was that, too. That was in there. Yeah, so maybe not weapon or armor transfers, because that would make it too easy to, like, transfer stuff that you shouldn't be able to transfer. Although, right now we're going into uh, Shadowkeep, I think there's going to be a lot less exclusives, so maybe it won't be as big of a deal. You know, you don't have to worry about dropping like a PlayStation exclusive for a PC player. Well, no, well there will be no more exclusives. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was thinking like you could draw planetary maps, so you can say to your friend, "Hey, uh, can I borrow some?" I was gonna say spin metal, but that's D one. Um, yeah, but exactly. Yeah, we know what you can mean. Can I borrow some data lattice? Sure. Let yeah, me, don't some data lattice. The clan, and then you pick it up and. Yep. You know, that kind of thing. That'd be pretty cool. No glimmer or glimmer would be okay. No legendary shards. No silver dust. Just to yeah, you know, not break the economy. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be pretty cool. Maybe like um, consumable items. Any sort of consumable items. So you know, raid banners. Oh yeah. Because I was gonna say like ammo, synth, like heavy synths, but we don't have those. We have raid banners. Yeah, well, of course, all that's changing. Uh, mm -hmm. But next podcast, we can talk about Armor 2.0. All right, so we just had Alphonse join us. So why don't we go back to our original topic? Alphonse, are you available to speak? Yeah. Welcome. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us your opinions on Solstice of Heroes compared to Year 1 and how you feel about the EAZ. And then we'll drop back into our current topic. Sure. Uh, definitely. Um, well, the Solstice Army in general looks fantastic. Uh, I do believe that their design team did another gr great job. Uh, you know, going from raggedy armor, how, like how you looked at the beginning of the game, to this, you know, beautiful, fancy, golden-laden armor, especially with all the elemental effects that we have now, too, for it. 
Honestly, I'm, I'm, I love how the armor looks. I'm definitely impressed by that. And what do you uh, think of the, what do you the think gameplay? Of the yeah. The, yeah. The gameplay is another story. I will say, uh, I mean, especially because I was a dummy and I forgot that, oh, yeah, you can run EAZ for more roles once you complete a set. I definitely have a lot of work to do before uh, they close up shop on it. Um, at least for my hunter. <laughs> at least for my hunter. I, I am determined to only get the one set this time. I do not feel like grinding that for all three characters. Wait, so you have all three sets ready? No, I have just the hunter. I have the oh, hunter okay. complete because I did not want to do all three. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great... I think, I think overall Solstice of Heroes is a great event. It's a good rerun of last year. Unfortunately, I didn't get to play... Uh, the full event last year, so I only had partial armor for my warlock that I mained at the time. Uh, I mean, I like that they have this new EAZ mission just because it's something different. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of the same elements were there. You know, you have to go do strikes, you have to go play Crucible, you have to, you, you still got you know your regular stuff to do. But I mean, I think the EAZ is designed overall pretty well. It's uh, oh, what's it reminiscent of? I like that it's reminiscent of uh, the Haunted Forest that they did in the sense... Haunted Forest, or was it the spring one? Uh, Haunted Forest was the spring one. Mm -hmm. No, Haunted Forest was the October one, and then they did the other forest for spring. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I like that it it was kind of similar to that in the sense of, hey, the better you did, the more you get rewarded. Um, Yeah. I, I Personally, I think that's a good element because that rewards people who work hard. Uh, you know, they get in teams, they try their best, they're not there just grinding it out for completions. You know, like, there's there's some type of incentive. There's a carrot at the end of the stick, right? Yeah. Um, them allowing us to use ghosts that could help us find the treasure, fantastic. Because, um, I mean, you throw on the treasure hunter or, like, any of the EDZ ones and... It definitely helped you along on your continent quest to find all these boxes, which I very rarely did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm usually like one or two shy, but yeah, what can you do? Uh, I mean, I think overall I was pretty happy with Solstice. I mean, could they have done more with it? Yeah, they probably could have. They could have, uh, you know, because I think the last Solstice had things as. Uh, going back and doing the old story missions, if I recall correctly, uh, where, you know, kind of like how Akora was in year one, where you could go back and kind of, like, reflect on these moments you had. I kind of wish, kind of wish that every tier of armor you went up was kind of reminiscent of that, of you having to play that last, you know, that critical story mission again uh, to level it up, you know? Like, let's say, you know, the very first tier, you know, that first set that it gives you, I would have liked to see it be like, hey, you have to do the very first mission again, or at least in a shortened version of it, you know, where you get kicked off the ship by Gaul. You know, just kind of like redrive all those points home of like how you've grown since yep. getting kicked, <laughs> getting yeeted off a ship. <laughs> um, like, I think that's probably about the only thing I really would have changed about the event is bring back those critical story missions. And obviously with Purple being like, when you killed Gaul. Yeah. I mean, overall, great. Love it. Um, 
I'm happy. I like that the EAZ has some randomness to it in the sense of, you know, if you're grinding it and doing multiple in a row, it does that randomly selected day or night and which enemies you're fighting, you know, provide some good variety. I mean, even if you get the Cabal twice in a row during the day, it doesn't mean it's going to be the same boss. You know, you might get uh, you get the, either the triplets with the Scions or you get the other ones. Yep. So that little bit of randomness, I think, is what kind of helps keep an event like that uh, with not a lot to it. It keeps it a little bit fresh, you know? Whereas, like, with the Haunted Forest that they did, everything was, while it was supposed to be randomly generated, it was more or less the same, you know? It was same enemies, same everything. It was, there wasn't that much really to go off of. What do you think of the orbs? The elemental orbs? Uh, I really like them. Uh, I think it's a vast improvement over the last orb-based event that we had, which was not... Last year. Uh, right. Well, no, the one where the orbs that made the game broken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The spring event, the revelry. Yeah, yeah. revelry. I enjoy I it. That. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, it's helpful, but I mean, it was nice that, you know, these orbs really weren't game breaking, but they were helpful. I mean, I still vouch that I, I personally like the void ones the best. You know, let's say you're doing heroic menagerie or something like that, uh, which. I think when I went to do it, lined up with a void day because reasons. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you're doing heroic menagerie and you don't want to wipe, of course. So it's like, oh, hey, I got my 30 orbs. My team is dying. Let me just hide out for a little bit uh, and wait for their respawn counters to go, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just really nice. It helps out quite a bit. Um, what? What did you think about the threshold to actually activate it? Because we were discussing it earlier, and you know, thirty quite a lot. What about? I like think it's a lot, 15? but also a little. Right. The reason why I say that is because it all depends on how heavily you're investing in that class at that particular time, right? So if it's like a yeah. solar day, and you're running Golden Gun, and then you know, let's say I, I, I can't think of the element elemental guns offhand, so let's say like the Callus Mini Tool is also solar and then you know you're running like 1k voices you have an all solar loadout and most of the time when you get ability kills on enemies especially if it's like a yellow or orange bar you're dropping like five or six mm -hmm. uh, of those orbs so i think 30 was actually a pretty decent amount for it assume and it also counts your teammates so you know if you have three people rocking an entirely elemental setup for that particular day you should be getting the effects very often Especially in, like, the EAZ. Oh, especially the EAZ, which I, I almost feel like the EAZ had, like, a bonus orb generation. I don't know if it was just me, but it felt like when I was do, having to make orbs or just making them in general, it felt like the EAZ was giving me a lot more than, uh, you know, like, strikes. Other things. See, that was yeah. I could be things. wrong. Maybe it's just one of those, like, maybe I just wasn't picking them up as fast in uh, yeah. strikes and I was missing out. So it could be just a mistake of you know, player error that makes it seem that way. That was one of the weird things that I brought up earlier was that when I was doing the EAZ, I'd noticed that a lot of the time I would, we'd finish the event and I'd either be at like 26, 27, or I would finally hit the 30 that I needed around the time that the boss was like halfway dead. I rarely ever saw it unless like I was deliberately going out of my way to try to pick it up. 
Uh, well, they also so, don't last very long, which I, which really doesn't help. It. I think they last what, maybe about three or four seconds. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, oh, on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, on the ground. Yeah, they that that too yeah, they just disappears so quickly. Yeah, I think maybe if they gave them a longer timer. Uh, but I also know, I mean, we've had issues. You know, you get too many elements going on at one time, and you know, game crashes and stuff. I can understand that. You know, maybe they gave them that short timer because uh, they anticip anticipated so many being made that yeah. they didn't want to risk, uh, you know, disconnects for people for having too much going on at one time. I yep. think the revelry, too, kind of played into that because that got a little out of hand with their buffs on there. They sure did. Yeah. I mean, I think these buffs were just nice, small buffs. They're niceties to have um, and stuff like that. They... They're just good assists. They're not something to be, that are going to make or break your run of anything. You know, they're just something nice to give you a little bit of edge uh, every now and then. I mean, on Solar Week, the solar, the solar uh, effect was nice in strikes and oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially uh, the solar buff was great if you were running something with, let's say, Blackout. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Like, where melee combatants are going to be very dangerous. Uh, having that solar buff when, you know, let's say there's a whole mess of thrall coming your way, you know, it really helps take that little bit of edge off. Yep. So I, I really enjoyed it. Like, like I said, I didn't get to play as much of last year's Solstice event as I wanted to. Uh, but I still thought this year's was very fun, and I'm glad I got to participate a good amount. And what about the grind? Do you think the, uh, the grind, armor um, grind was good? Or was it too much? I think, sure. I think there's some adjustments that could be made. Uh, I know they made the, uh, even though I already had finished it at that point, um, the mini bosses, the mini boss adjustment yeah. I thought was fair. Um, but I mean, everything else wasn't too bad. I mean, asking someone to play 10 games of Gambit, I mean, really, that could go pretty quick. You could put, you could knock that out in a session. Uh, I, I know we know. talked. In some, I know we talked about in some of our last episodes. A lot of people are just burnt out permanently on Gambit after you know season of the Drifter, uh, myself included. After getting dredging and spending literally an entire week of all my free time in in the Gambit, uh, yep. but I mean it really wasn't that bad. I think it's something that's better if you do bits here and there, right? Like if you go in and you're trying to do all ten rounds at one in one go. You're, you're probably not going to enjoy it as much. But if you're like, hey, you know, I'll play a few rounds here, go work on some strikes for another piece, come back. I feel like if you do it that way, it's a lot of, it feels a lot more approachable and not such a daunting task. Yeah, breaking up the matches so really does help. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing is that a lot of people forget uh, whether it's just, I don't know if it's a speedrunning strat, people's just desire to get things done. Um, well, it's because it's sometimes, Destiny. It's a, it's a grinding game, so we grind stuff. Well, yeah, but sometimes doing it as fast as possible isn't always the best route. Blasphemy. <laughs> I know, I know. But I know we talked about it in one of our last ones where, you know, people say there's not much to do in Destiny, but yeah, it's not good. There's, there's not much to do. <laughs> there's yeah, not much to do when you grind out do. every piece of new content the first day it comes out. Of course, it doesn't feel like there's a lot to do. Oh, um, I remember that conversation. That was from like. Oh God! Way back there, like episode one or two. But, yeah, but I mean, I, I still think that point still stands. Like, if if you're blowing through something that fast, 
like i mean power to you i mean i get, i understand you know people want to be first and stuff like that i totally get that and i and i think that's not a bad uh you know a bad mindset to have you know it's it's being driven really but you know you do something so fast you don't really get to take a moment and savor it and then actually enjoy it for the journey yeah. you're yeah. so focused on the end goal because really, like, while this game is about, you know, the grind and stuff like that, but it's also about the journey that we're taking, the story that's slowly unfolding, the stuff hidden in the lore and stuff. It's game really game. all about mm -hmm. that. All right. Well, uh, when you came in, we were discussing uh, Moments of Triumph. Uh, yes. And we, I think we just finished discussing... Tribute Hall. Yeah. So why don't we talk about the next step bad juju and that way dupe and raffle can jump back into the conversation yeah. oh i just got uh, that recently when i returned from my uh short vacation so i can talk about that sweet uh who was the last one to be talking let's go with dupe dupe what do you think of bad juju don't have it yet <laughs> okay raffle what do you think of bad juju thank god it's back i've been waiting for this gun <laughs> forever forever uh, it's no joke, I never took off that juju from my warlock. Amen. <laughs> Always had it. Every day, so anywhere, I was that guy. Yep. <laughs> what do you think of its, uh, its new incarnation, its new perk that it has? Because it seems... Uh, I never used bad juju a whole lot back in D1, but it does seem nerfed in terms of how much super return it gives, but the damage increase is a nice little bonus. I don't have the catalyst yet, but I that's what you need. <laughs> that the catalyst brings it back to what it was. I would even argue it makes it better than it was in D one. But the catalyst really? just slightly extends yeah. the amount of time that the buff is up, right? Yes, but it, don't forget it also drops orbs of light too. Then uh, does the orbs of light stack with the uh, the speed the yeah with the super energy increase? Yeah. Okay. So if you get the five kills and then you go pick up an orb of light, it gives you a shit ton of super back. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Well, because you're getting the super back from the the gun and from the orbs. So. And from the kill that's on the orb. Right. Exactly. Yes. You're yeah. triple dipping. Exactly. Well, I should probably start grinding out that catalyst. Then I have the catalyst. I just. Um, Alphonse, you mentioned earlier about people getting burned out on Gambit. I burned it myself out getting the Bad Juju Catalyst, Lumina, and Malfeasance. Actually, all three oh. of them dropped for me within the course of about an hour. Because I was just doing oh, all man. three at once. I mean, power to you, but ouch. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to get them done. I wanted to get the Catalyst was my big thing. I wanted to get the Triumph where you do uh, Gambit with Leviathan gear or Catalyst-themed gear. So I was just like, I was just grinding out Gambit trying to get that. And then eventually I got the full enemy team wipe with Truth. And uh, one of the weapons that I was using was Rose while doing my grind. So I got that knocked out at the same time. Which I do love Rose. But I think we talked about that on a previous episode. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, what do we think of the mission to get bad juju? And Dupe, I'm sorry that you can't partake in this conversation, but I promise we'll find something else. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, it'll be a oh, good heads up for him. What the uh, doing the mission? I hit, no, the, this conversation. Yeah. Oh. Okay. 
<laughs> so, Rafael, what do you think of the uh, mission to get bad juju? I liked it. I I thought it was great. It was um, going through Leviathan in the Ascendant Realm. I thought that was great. I think that adds a good piece of uh, lore to it as well. Seeing that Ascendant Realm outside of the raid and being able to go through it, even though it's timed, I still think that that was very interesting. It's a little out of nowhere, well, but it's also right. interesting. Well, no, go ahead. I was just saying, it's a little out of nowhere, and it was interesting how, and it was good how they tied, um, what's his face to it? Oh my gosh. The dude's name. What's the dude's Toland. name? Toland. Yeah. Toland. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Because it, I mean, it was his gun. gun. Yeah, yeah. So it's perfect <laughs> that they had, they, they had him in there, and I don't know. It, looks, it was, worked out great, I think. A little short, but All I think right. it worked out great. Alphonse, what do you think? Because you just did it recently, right? Yep. I did it probably about a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Uh, I I have to agree. I think it was a fantastic quest. I think uh, what we, while it did kind of suck having you know to burn through all your legendary shards and stuff like that, I also feel like it shouldn't have been that bad, right? Because I got it the same day I started it. Um, and, I, and I haven't even done, you know, like the forge grinds or anything cool like that. Uh, it was just what I happened to have on hand. Um, and a lot of people were saying, oh, it's so overpriced, it's so this and so that and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, a lot of us have been playing for a couple of years. You know, we max out. We don't have a need for these materials that we'll just naturally collect. So that's, mm-hmm. that's why I felt like the prices kind of made sense. Uh, but, you know, those long-term players that have been playing forever now. I think it's overpriced I mean, for the catalyst because that one's the one that costs forty-five triumphs, whereas yes. badger you just cost fifteen. That one's easy to get. The catalyst takes forever. But I mean, at least they're willing to give give you the weapon easily and then make you really work for the catalyst. And and a few of these are like that. I mean, look at uh, you know, let's say you're a newer player and you know you just get the point of doing menagerie, maxing out your chalice and doing all the stuff for menagerie to get the Izanami catalyst probably seems pretty daunting as well. Wait. Um what? Izanami's catalyst is tied to menagerie? Yes. Yeah. Yep. You have to uh max out the chalice and then do a few other things. Oh yeah, I don't have Izanami's yet. That's why I haven't seen the catalyst. Okay, never mind. I was freaking out there because I'm like, but I already did all that. Why don't I have the catalyst? You're not, you're not part of the cool kids club. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a weird thing that I agree with, but I, I'm more agreeable to giving something a, someone a weapon easily than giving them the catalyst and the weapon easily, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go on my tangent about my favorite weapon, but that's... Because that's a whole Speaking different. Of, have you got that catalyst yet? I have it, and I've still done a ton of strikes, and I still haven't gotten it. Because I got wow. memed on, I got memed with the sunshot, and <laughs> right now I'm I'm just living the life of Brother Vance. Right now, that's all I'm living. Right. Yeah, so that was three weeks ago. Was our last episode where we recorded that you were grinding out your trying to get Risk Runner catalyst. And, and I still haven't gotten it, even after doing quite a few more strikes. Yeah, fun times. I, I, I got it. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten other, other cool day. stuff. You know, I've gotten exotic sparrows. I've gotten all that other type of cool stuff. But 
Speaking of the uh, bad juju mission, what did you guys think of the triumph to do the mission solo flawless? That was a blast. I had a great time doing that. Oh, that one, you actually just remind me. I need to go back and do that because the first time I ran it, I think I only died like twice. And then someone told me there was a triumph for it. I'm like, oh, I'm still wearing all my solstice gear. If I had been wearing my normal stuff, I could have done it. <laughs> That's how I felt about it. It's like I got right to the end and I hadn't died. I had no idea it was a triumph. So, I, you know, I died. At this it's point, like, you yeah, really no should expect that. Like, at yeah. this point in the game, we should expect that every event is going to have a flawless of some degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that too. I completely uh, forgot about it. I mean, I'm glad to see Bad Juju. Uh, I'm on D1 right now, actually. Uh, I never got it, actually, in D1. Uh, there's actually a lot of exotics I'm missing from D1. But I still enjoy uh, the, uh, what's the word? The nostalgia. The nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it because I will always love seeing old D1 content carried over to D2. Because I remember the first time I logged into D2, I'm super excited. The city's under attack. I have the opening cinematic. All this cool stuff's going on. And then I get halfway through the Red War and it's like, I'm not getting any of my stuff back, am I? <laughs> Yeah. And I was and I was mildly distraught. I'm like, you're saying all the work we did in D1, I transferred my character over. I got to see all my triumphs and the fire team and the old people I used to play with and all this other stuff. And I don't get to keep any of it? <laughs> well, the best part is when you start the game, you get to see was it Shax that had Raze Lighter? Yep. Yeah, strapped to, to his back right there. <laughs> yep, he's got He's got my sword. Can I get my yeah, sword back like, now, please? Yeah, and, and that's kind of how it feels like when you see other people have it, or like with Devram, with his sniper rifle, it's like these weapons are still around. Why can't I have it back? Mm -hmm. I actually don't think that is No Land Beyond, is it? I think it's a similar... Uh, yeah, it, it looks terrain. similar. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not actually No Land Beyond. Um... I'm excited for New Light. Uh, I will be living on the hope and the dream still that Kravostov will return uh, since they're bringing back the original D1 mission. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll be living on that dream until, it, until it's dead. I'll be living on that dream. We'll be discussing Shadow future episodes. Uh, what? Go ahead. I was going to ask, does anyone know if the uh, New Light is now the first time we're having a new Guardian? Because remember, there's Guardians, the same Guardian that has gone through the Cosmodrome. But now, New Light means that they're having a Guardian start from scratch where we are at this point in time. So the New Light Guardians uh, don't Yeah, so it starts, it starts right there at, where, at that first mission in the Cosmodrome. What they've done is they've abbreviated the storyline that they take you through to get you to the current point. They're giving yeah, you so the... Uh, the Reddit, not the Reddit post, the uh, no. Reader's Digest. Yeah. Version. Yeah. Condensed version. Okay. Yeah. Why did you, what were you, what did you mean? Like, did you think that they were going to change the character? No, not change the, well, yeah, change the character for those that are new light, essentially. So the story might change a little bit because maybe they go through all the old things that we've done. In a certain way, but oh, they've already been done. Okay. Right. I mean? 
I kind of get what you mean. Like you'd basically be a, a newborn guardian that happened, you know, post Red War, post all this stuff of just like, hey, you know, there were these guardians, you know, the chosen one that went and slayed Riven in the Dreaming City, slayed Gaul and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, don't forget with the way that all of that stuff is set up. Anyways, if you start D2, there's no references to D1. If you start D2 fresh, like your character's that, not yep. King Slayer and all that stuff or uh, God Slayer. There, there is some because um, if, Saladin will call you Young Wolf. Yeah, if you well, that's it, if you imported. Yeah, if you imported your character, well, if you just start D two without attaching it to the D one stuff, importing your character, they don't reference any of that. So I think New Light is just going to be like, oh, you're born in the Cosmodrome, you do the first mission, you get your ship, and then you fly to the tower, and then it starts the Red War, and just like in the Red War, you're flying to the tower and it's burning down. So it's just like, instead of going to the tower and meeting with, what's his name, the speaker, you just fly to the tower that's under attack. So, in terms of actual story, I I don't think it's really going to affect all that much, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still excited. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm, I plan to, uh, right when New Light drops, I will bank everything that I own on my Titan, get them decked out in some fancy blue armor, and... Uh, I have to say goodbye. Yep. Because I very much wish to see, you know, what's different. You know, I, I really want to know. I'm thinking about speaking of some of the references they make, uh, some of the references they do make is the, also includes the first time you meet uh, the Taken. Uh, yep. your, ghost, your ghost will be kind of confused, and Akora has to tell you that they're Taken instead of your ghost naturally knowing, oh, these are Taken energy readings. Yeah, there's well, there's a lot of them. I think last episode you yeah we talked to about well. a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what else is there for this season that we want to discuss, or I should say, for this event, the whole solstice of heroes and um, uh, moments of triumph. Anything? I think the tri- nobody. I think the tri- the triumph hall is actually really cool. Uh, I've gotten a decent amount now. I mean, I'm still far away from like the cool, cool stuff. But I mean. Maybe it's just an aesthetic thing, but and of course I've always liked the Leviathan aesthetic. Anyways, uh, I like that these triumphs, you know, like the, they're these huge statues. You know, they're things that are actually like viewable and cool. Uh, it feels like it's almost like one step away from you know how some games have like a gallery where you could like view 3D models and stuff like that. Yeah, it feels like it's one step away from that, and that's actually something I kind of actually enjoy about it. I had something that i wanted to oh it's awesome having enemies that we can shoot to compare damage numbers yes i I don't like how much fucking health they have though well they're all like yellow bar (laughs) well i mean they start off small like the first tier enemies go down quick yeah yeah like two headshots and they're dead and then you get to the last ones like the centurions and it's oh dear god i'm using all of my heavy ammo to kill one of these guys I think they also did that for a good reason for people testing like synergies and builds. You know what I mean? Uh, giving them enough health that you can see, you know, what happens after you spin up all these uh, stacking effects. So to me, it kind of makes sense that uh, some of them have those crazy high health numbers. Uh, I think what would be kind of cool is if they had triumphs that were specifically boss enemies. Uh, or like if you could set, let's say, like a nightfall boss and you could like 
set the modifiers so you can know, hey, if you're doing a nightfall with these modifiers, this is the type of damage and DPS you could expect to do against the boss. Actually, uh, that would think, make a really good like Destiny application. Yeah, I think that would be I, it'd be a great way to test things. Like, hey, I want to test this build against you know boss on a void burn, uh, and see how effective it really is, or how much I can keep these buffs going and stuff like that. Especially well, yeah, since you I do just Especially want to point out that Shadow Keep, popular. all that stuff is going to change. Yes. Uh, I eagerly... Someone. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, Void Burn or Elemental Burn, or whatever, is still going to ha give, contribute a fixed percentage to damage of that event. That right. kind of thing. But I mean, like, you can't stack five buffs all at once anymore. Right. But, mm -hmm. but I think... Though, with that changing in Shadowkeep, that will make the Menagerie even more vital for testing those numbers. Because now it has, gives you know, a whole system change up from what we're used to. Yep. Everyone's got to redo the math. They have to see what's the most effective thing again. That's uh, a good place to do it. Exactly. Or Menagerie you could be like some... Tribute Hall. Uh, tribute yeah. Hall, sorry. Okay. Give me the one in the same. It's all Leviathan. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh which, also, speaking of that, I enjoy that we're getting more areas uh, to see on Leviathan because, I mean, it's huge. Like, <laughs> you know, we... Oh, yeah, that was something that I wanted to discuss that, um, um, uh, Raffle. God damn, why do I keep forgetting you guys' <laughs> names? That Raffle brought up. Why the hell is Bad Juju and Toland on the Leviathan and why is it taken? Well, he's on Leviathan. Otherwise. Right, he's in an ascendant realm. Yeah, he's, so he's on like, an Ascendant Realm. He's everywhere and nowhere at once. But why is there an Ascendant Realm on the Leviathan? Well, because I think the Ascendant Realms are both, like, they're always, like, constantly existing, but also don't exist. You know what I mean? But they're, like, tied mm. to location. Like, Oryx's right. Ascendant Realm was on the Dreadnought. Uh, the Dreaming City's Ascendant Realm is on the Dreaming City. Why well, does I mean, the Leviathan I'm... have one and, like, there's no reason Maybe, why there should uh, be one in that area. Well, thing, I wouldn't be you know surprised. How, uh, I think you I know think, uh, think. when we were killing the barons. Yeah. Well, hold on, Alphonse. What? Well, you know how when we were killing the barons, there was the one, the mindbender that got his own throne world, and they linked it to killing Cade. Yeah. Well, with all the shadows that Kalos has had, he used to conquer a lot of stuff. He's killed a lot of people. It could be a possibility that with the things he's done in his lifetime, which I don't think it was confirmed if he's alive or dead or anything cool like that. There's probably been enough action and things to go on around the Leviathan to possibly warrant something like that. Maybe. I'll get back to you on that. Uh, Dupe, Rolfo, one of you guys said something. Or maybe both of you were. No, I was saying that um, a lot of it is um, tied into the lore. So, um, it's, I mean, according to the lore, Callus may have um, encountered the darkness or something like that. Yeah, so so that's the reason why there may be um, he may have his own throne world. Because nobody really knows what Callus has or what, you know, too much about Callus, period. You know what I mean? so, well, and he encountered uh, an Ahamkara. So... Yeah, that too. So he when he was when he's banished from the uh, Cabal planet, and they sent on a 
Course to Nowhere by Gaul. He was then sent into dark space and, you know, uncharted space. And that's where they said that he may have encountered the darkness itself. Well, he mm-hmm. encountered the darkness when he went out beyond the bounds of the universe, is what he said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing that is bugging me. Shit, I'm trying to remember exactly what Dupe said, but you said something. Anyways, go ahead, Raffle. I'm trying to remember what my point was. I was just going to say, you know, he met with the darkness. He has his own hive brood, it seems, as well. That may be all linked, and then he understands the sword logic, too. He talks about it during the menagerie. Right. Okay. He won't okay, get to his own meetings. No, go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's all, I'm, that's all I'm getting at, is... He's right, smart. So, he's he's been well versed in the ways of the world at this point. He's well versed, but we know that to have an ascendant realm, first off, it was Oryx that figured that out. Actually, it wasn't even Oryx; it was his daughters uh, that discovered how to separate your death from yourself. It was Zivuareth. But yeah, Zivuareth. Yeah. Oh. Well. Anyways. Anyways. So yes. Oryx, Oryx was the first one to do it, and then yeah, we did have the Mindbender who created his own throne world his own Ascendant Realm, and required Cade. But how does Callus get into this? Because to do that kind of thing is pretty fucking crazy. It's not like anything anybody can do it, because otherwise all Guardians would have Ascendant Realms. Because we just, you know, just killing dudes does not create an Ascendant Realm on its own. Um, even if he met an Ahamkara and he met, you know, the Darkness Beyond and all that, where did he learn how to do this, and why would he even have one in Leviathan to begin with? Maybe he made a wish. Yeah, I mean, we've awesome. yet to meet Callus, and we know we interact through him through these proxies of his robots and other stuff like that, or just a disembodied voice. It could be possible that maybe to escape the darkness, he made a wish uh, that tied him to the Leviathan, where I, I don't want to say it to the point where like he is the ship, but he's... You know it's what like I'm, Oryx yeah. in the Dreadnought, where it's like, yeah, inexplicable. Yeah, like he's he's the ship, but also not the ship. And you know, he controls the machines through otherworldly powers to interact with the world that we interact with. I guess the normal world, not the ascendant realm. So, um, what it is 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 it's the it's something he did on his way to us. Right, he was lost and exiled, floating aimlessly among the stars, and then he found an ascendant artifact, and he brought it back to the Leviathan. And he he says from his visions of the future that both that ascendant artifact will be needed by both him and our guardian before everything is over. And of course, your ghost comments that that sounds like Ahamkara magic to him. This is in uh, the raid, isn't it? This is the Crown of Sorrows, yeah, because, again, this is where we see the hive and the uh, and that entire species on the Dreadnought. Okay. Yeah, this may be why I'm not understanding a lot of this stuff, because I'm going off of a lore that isn't Crown, because I haven't done that yet. I'm just going off of the, um, the lore books. Yeah, it, when you... Start the quest to unlock uh, Crown, which I'm sure you've done, but it's probably been a while since you did it, right? 
uh, Callus says that he found this in an artifact. When you beat Crown of Sorrows, he then talks to you about it a little more, but I won't spoil that. Uh, and then, of course, during the quest line, if you read the little uh, quest steps, there's commentary from your ghost on each of them about what your ghost speculates about it. I don't think I've actually done that quest. Well, it was the, uh, it was, what's it called, quest? That gets your light up to 690 at the beginning of the 700 oh, or whatever, okay. 690, yeah, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, the Menagerie one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't read those, because I'm an idiot. Well, All it's right. still well, out there. Yeah. You can still look it up. So, but yeah, yeah, that that answers a lot of my questions. Then, that yeah, still he has an artifact. <laughs> why does he have bad juju? Like, I I figured they would oh. save Shadow Keep because that would, you know, if we're going back to the moon, that would probably be the best place to get it. So, in the bad juju quest line, again, the lore items talk to you a little bit about that. They say that basically, um, when he found it. I, this may it may be that bad juju is the ascendant artifact that Callus found, right? But when he brought it aboard the Leviathan, it started converting the hive that were there into taken, and it grew out of control. And that's why you have to go collect all that energy from it and remove it from the taken realm and get it off the Leviathan. Yeah, I th I thought the artifact was a thing that's on Galron. So yeah, we don't know exactly. Right, it could be bad juju, it could be the item on Galron. On Galron. Um, we don't know quite what the ascendant artifact is that Callus found. I like all of this. I like not knowing stuff. I like mystery. Yeah, nothing being defen definitive. Yeah, yeah, and being able to sit down and discuss, and you know, everyone's got their own ideas and theories. Although you know, this game is supposed to play out for ten years. And yeah, we're, we're crossing the halfway point here. So. Well, we crossed the halfway point a while ago. Uh, at the beginning of last year was the five-year mark. Oh, yeah, because of, of the three years for D1. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So we're at the six-year mark. We're getting close to the end. Though, that was a 10-year plan with Activision. And now that right. Bungie's in complete control, it might go a lot longer. Which I'd be okay with. Yeah, I probably would. I, I just don't know that I could see Bungie wanting to stay on the same project for more than 10 years. I mean, that's quite a... I mean, that means if we're getting close to the end, that's going to be quite a peak that we're going to be hitting here soon, then. Uh, and with the darkness showing up, yeah. Like this. Yeah, with Shadowkeep, I think we're going to have our first real exposure to the darkness here. So, Well, I do just want to say, Blizzard's been doing WoW for... How many years? Yeah, but that that's a little different. I mean, that's a traditional RPG. And don't get me wrong, it's not like the Destiny's ever gonna I don't think they're gonna shut down the servers, right? The game will always be there running. But I, I think mean, they're I, gonna move on to developing something. I mean, even in my area, I still see a good amount of uh activity on D one. I still see a lot of baby guardians and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm on Mars right now. <laughs> Not that it matters. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm on Mars right now. Uh, Absolutely. I'm still going through. I'm going through story stuff. So I'm take. I decided uh, today to take a ride down memory lane. So do you miss just being able to run the old missions again? Yep. And I actually have a a whole new uh, character I'm running. I'm. Uh, I have my warlock that was still pretty good. 
Uh, I found the model for Galen's right hand right, auto rifle. I'm using <laughs> it right now. I'm, at least I'm pretty sure it matches up how it looks to me. It's the Galahad E blue auto rifle. I, uh, I remember it. <laughs> it it looks it has the same ammo counter as Galahad's right hand. It's got like the little suppressor looking thing. The lines match up. Is hmm. that the one that showed the same model with uh, Shadow Price? Don't know. I think Shadow Price isn't that the one that's based off of. Yeah, spirit? Shadow Price. Yep, yep. Oh, have you found the the Duke yet? The original Duke. The Duke Mark Forty Four. <laughs> uh, Only it's not the the I, white one. The Duke Mark Sixteen. I think the one that had a oh. green magazine and yep. really slow reload <laughs> and was completely terrible. Isn't it like one of the first hand cannons you get? Yep. I think that's generally it's a random drop, right? Uh, that one is one of the three weapons you can pick up from Banshee when you start the game. Uh, okay. You're told go uh, pick up a gun from the gunsmith, and you can get a scout rifle, pulse rifle, or hand cannon, and he can you can pick up the old Duke, the shit Duke. <laughs> I think I still have a Duke in my vault, uh, pre Forsaken, that was pretty decent. All right, so. Anything else you guys want to discuss that isn't Shadowkeep? Because we can save all that for the like the next three episodes. It's like the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, Shadowkeep, Armor Two, Armor Two Point I mean, one thing I will say, without going into the detail on it, you know, we talked about the grind quite a bit in this in this episode. I think that the grind is going to get both broader and deeper as they bring in more RPG elements. So. I, I don't think that grind is going to decrease at all. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to the new armor grind stuff, and I'm kind of not looking forward to it. I am super duper excited. I'm having flashbacks to trying to get a stupid maxed out intellect discipline roll, and now they're also incorporating you know, your recharge rate and all that other stuff is going to be part of that. And it's like, oh my god, it's going to be so much <laughs> shit to track. <laughs> I think yeah, it will be a lot, but the amount of custom ability it's going to have for people's playstyles, I think will be fantastic, especially with the Eververse ornament thing going on. It, it don't matter if it's ugly because you can make it look however you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. If it's got the good roll, you don't have to worry about your fashion getting dampened and everything's, uh, everything's good to go, you know? Um, I'm going to remain optimistic that maybe one day we could see weapons in that same sense, too. Uh, because then, oh my gosh, like grinding for hours and days and weeks for god roll weapons will be a thing of the past. You know, funny enough, uh, when we first got D2, uh, I made a post on Reddit talking about how I think they could fix the mod system. Because at the time, the mod system was, you know, pretty bad. The only thing we could do is change elements. And the post, the idea that I came up with like three weeks after D2 launched was the exact mod system that we have with Forsaken now. And huh. I swear, Bungie's been reading some of my suggestions, because they've done this for a couple different things. <laughs> like, um, I, think that, what was the, I think they're hacked into our Discord, too, because I've made some predictions that were literally spot on. So, well, I don't think the they're hacked the, in, uh, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the, um, the stupid... Fallen boss, the one that's uh, on uh, not IO, the other one on the ship. 
Exodus down. Exodus crash. Oh, okay. Yeah, the that strike boss was a strike boss that that whole mechanic was something that I posted about in Reddit back in D1 of having like a... Oh, so it's your you know, fault. Small, yeah. <laughs> oh, That's thanks. why I never actually hated that boss because I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. But I made a post about, you know, can we get a boss that, you know, teleports around and is small and isn't just a huge bullet sponge? Because this was back in the days of Valis Ark. Yeah. Hiding under the stairs. Oh, yep. so that's why Captain's got so much worse. It is your fault. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that was like literally I came up with the whole, hey, what if they, you know, teleport every 25% and then we fight a wave and they're small and they run around and that way it's just, okay, everyone hide in the back with uh, Icebreaker. And Icebreaker. Snipe yep. them in the head. <laughs> and then we got Exodus Crash and yeah, I claim. I'll, I'll they actually make, made Exodus Crash a little bit bearable. It's a little bit more bearable now. Yeah. They changed it? Yeah, you yeah. can burn yeah. it now. He doesn't go Did immune, he... He, and he doesn't go away either. He, he teleports someplace else in the arena, but he's always in the arena now. I wish it was a mechanic that like you, you could like shorten the wave if you can find like his shimmering cloak somewhere and like snipe him out of it <laughs> to like, well, end the wave I mean... quicker. You can do things to make him visible even when he teleports. Like the Titan void effect from the middle tree, the banner shield super. If you um, tag him with a grenade or a melee, he glows purple for 20 seconds or something like that, even though he's invisible. Same thing with a tether. If you tether him when he teleports, um, you can still see him. I do hate that they fixed that he used to teleport up onto the ceiling and you could snipe him and he would fall and die. Yep. And they fixed that. I hate that they fixed that. That was the thing? Yeah. yeah. That was where he used to go. He used to go out of the map on the ceiling, but you could still hit him depending on where he was standing outside the map. Huh. I did not know this. I didn't know that either. There's a couple of videos on Reddit, but they patched that like pretty early on. Yeah. It was pretty funny though, because if you if you caught him and he fell, he would die and you'd, you'd win. You only had to shoot him with a shotgun like twice to get him to teleport. <laughs> well, good. well, at least it makes me feel better that our foes are affected by fall damage just as much as we are. Yeah. I've actually had a couple uh, mini-bosses on the EAZ, the ones that spawn, you know, all the way off to the edge. Oh, on the... Oh, on yeah, the... push them off. <laughs> yeah, just accidentally pushed them off and they died and it still counted. Cool. Oh, push him off it. with tractor cannon by accident? Yeah, by accident. <laughs> accident, huh? <laughs> now they get to see how it feels to be killed by the architects. <laughs> the architects have the best KD in the game. Are you kidding? <laughs> Honestly. I really need a triumph for that. Or <laughs> yeah. Some way to track how many times you've died to the architects. <laughs> right. Oh, but I, I am so excited for Shadowkeep, though. I mean, I'm I'm always excited when anything new or interesting comes to Destiny, no matter what. I mean, if you know, this is like my main game. You know, I, I I play a few other games and stuff like that. But I mean, even if I'm not like dead set grinding, you know, I'm almost always on doing something. <laughs> Whether it's you know I'm doing strikes, or maybe I decide to hop into PvP, which I must be sick that day if I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm actually, 
I'm not for real though. I am actually probably going to spend some time here in the crucible soon. Uh, I was going to hop on during this, uh, during our podcast and give you guys thoughts. Cause I thought about trying out the Soros regime. Um, but I decided just to keep it casual with some D one play. Well, uh, I, I want to loop all the way back around to the beginning of the podcast real quick. Then I know you're registered in the tournament. Have you played a match yet? I overslept because I was up to 3 a.m. last night, and I missed this morning's match because that was only a four-hour snooze for me, which turned uh, into like an eight-hour snooze. Okay. But <laughs> tomorrow's match on Sunday is a very good time for me, so I do plan on playing in the bows only uh... bracket. Yeah. Yes, yeah, very nice. Very nice. Uh, I was just curious. I, was, I, mean, uh... that's, I guess that's something you could call it. Yeah, uh... absolutely. I... Uh... <laughs> I mean, Makes the matches that uh, everyone played in, they've had a great time with. So uh, I think this is going to be a good tournament. I'm excited for it. I am going to admit that I may have screwed up last week and kind of lied and actually fell asleep and woke up at like 11 o'clock, <laughs> which is why I missed our last episode. <laughs> You're fine, man. <laughs> it happened. Forget about the most important thing. Well, I didn't forget about it. It was just, it was. I mean, like, I'm like, saying there's something that I, we forgot to talk about. What's, What's that? that? The mini sparrow. Oh my oh, god, I love that! Oh, thing. The micro mini. I see it all the time, and I'm just like, why though? The Scooty like, Poof Junior. It's so silly. Junior. It's so awesome. Oh, it's so much fun to watch. <laughs> Like it's <laughs> it's fun to watch, but I don't ever see myself buying it or getting it because it just looks so ridiculous. Like it's great. <laughs> yeah, but I like the ones that I have for aesthetic, though. You know, the ones that I enjoy. That I mean, yeah, I was that nerd, and I did. I spent a little bit of silver. Oh God. Uh, yeah. No, hey, I'm there. <laughs> and I bought that World War One uh, looking sparrow because I just really liked how it looked. I was like, this is something. The one that looks I'd like probably... a camper. Kind of the green like one, it's got, yeah, the... stuff strapped to the side. There's a yeah. World War One looking sparrow. What's the to name me? So yeah, to me, all that armor and the sparrow that they came out with, to me, that all looks very World War One. But that's just to me, especially with the warlock with that flat helmet. Uh, yeah, very common around that time period. Um, that's why I just refer to everything from those sets as well the World War One stuff. But wait, wait, no. What was the name of the sparrow? I don't know uh, what this is. Give me one moment to bring up Bim and I can tell you. I want this. I need to have this. You're not talking about the uh the wasp one, are you? No. Uh, it's um it is Expedition the... JT. Yep. Exotic Sparrow. Viable yep. from the Eververse. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Right? Yes. <laughs> At least someone has good taste with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's more World War II, actually, looking at it. Well, if you look at the armor sets, that's why I always default to World War One, Because the armor sets that go with that same, like, package, I guess, I guess would be the word, package. Yeah. Yeah, um, the problem is, though, I'm going to go history nerd here for a bit. World War One oh. really didn't have a whole lot of vehicles. and didn't really have motorcycles. That was a World War Two thing. So looking at the gas tank of it, it looks more World War II style gas tank. Cause oh, I could definitely agree with that. One, yeah, it It'd does be kind of cool like to have like a style. It would be kind of cool to have like a German uh, 
God, what were those bikes called? The armored up ones with the tracks? Oh. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I don't remember. But you know what I'm talking about. I think those would look pretty cool and would still kind of have a... I mean, obviously, you just remove the tracks and it would be the float stuff to flow, but having something that looks kind of bulky and armored up would probably fit with some of the ones we've had in the past. Yeah. Because, I mean, there are some that are really big, like... I forget what it's called, but it looks like a freaking tractor. Uh... Yeah, there's quite a few that are like that. They're so <laughs> large. It's it's crazy. I think I have it on my Titan. Oh, yeah, I do. The Warrior Steed. To me, yeah. Uh, looks like a tractor. I think I have that one. Yeah. Oh. I, was gonna say, I, I would go beyond saying it looks like a tractor and just say it is a tractor. <laughs> it's a space tractor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, you're screwing with me here because now I'm trying to remember the name of the stupid... Um, Jeep equivalent that they had the Kugelwagen, Kugelwagen, the fucking Jeep that could uh could tra- traverse uh water. Oh, I know which one. I can I can visualize it. I can't think of the name either. Yeah, now that's screwing me because you got it stuck in my head and I can't remember the name. Ooh, snap! It's cinematic time. <laughs> I just did the Black Garden uh storyline quest. All right, yeah, I'll wait. I'll hold off on. I cannot wait. Uh, well, let's not discuss Shadowkeep Black Garden. I know, but... I know. Yeah. Oh no, Black no, Garden, no. D1. I'm, talk- I'm talking about Black D1 Garden. Black Garden with all the Vex oh, praying to uh, this giant floaty goopy mass. Yeah, but it Dude. looks like they're finally going to tie up that storyline in Shadowkeep. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, didn't they already? Dis- uh, wasn't that already covered in the Books of Sorrow? That that was something sort of. Kind of a little bit. They retcon explained it where that was a bit of the darkness that they had. Yeah. The the Vex that got pulled into Oryx's Shadow Realm. Yeah. And then they said, of course, they were trying to do worship like the Hive. Yeah. Making an effort to do like sword logic kind of thing. They were trying to do it more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had a weird thought the other day. Uh, when I was just going around bebopping on planets and doing random missions. Tower thoughts? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so you know it's a mission on Nessus, uh, where you go, you're basically hacking the planet, which, God, I feel like that should be a bigger strike or than <laughs> what it should be. Hmm. Uh, actually, no, it's, it's an, an adventure. adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that should be a strike, because that sounds like something that should be like crazy cool. Anyways. Um, <laughs> the planet. That sounds like something that has Angelina Jolie in it. Is what it yeah, it's like, like you're... Excuse me while I hack the planet. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you do this mission and, uh, you know, you finally get um, Failsafe's AI back and she's mad at you because over the course of five minutes, you know, she spent, what, 10, 20 years? Years, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In the Vex network. It got me wondering, like... What if the Ascendant Realm is also very similar, that its time flow is very different? Yeah, the only problem with that is we go into Ascendant Realms all the time, and it would be hard to represent that in a live game like this. Oh, definitely. But I mean, for the sake of lore, with, you know, how long uh, the Awoken have lived in the Ascendant Realm uh, before coming into actuality, and then with Tolan staying there and stuff like that, like... That's true. Like, how much time has really passed for them, you know? Does it pass faster? Does it pass slower? I imagine it passes slower. 
Um, well, I'm gonna counter that with how long did we spend in the vault of glass? Right. I never did the vault we of don't glass. know. Yeah, even cool because we time in the vault of glass. Exactly. And when you're there, you get sent to the future. You get sent to the past. Yeah. Oh, you actually, up on D1 and walk me through these raids. I never you've did. never done vault of glass. I was a solo player and never joined with the clan my entire D1 career. And so uh, what you said was going to be Vault of Glass. Yeah, so before uh, Shadow uh, Peak comes out, we need to go <laughs> do that. Yeah, we need to get everybody together. Everyone gets this new one. We're doing Vault of Glass. We're doing all the raids. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to do them all again. I want to do King's Fall so bad. Like I said, until I joined Solarian, I, I never got to play in a clan, never got to never really played except for with a couple people. And I mean, you can't do a raid with like two or three people who have never done it before, you know? Uh, you'll find that to be a yep. little bit difficult. <laughs> well, the, uh, well, you, you know, the clan's be... uh, fifth anniversary comes up next one. So, I mean, I appreciate it for a while. We should have a throwback day. Yeah. It keeps all your clan stuff when you go backwards. Yep. Uh, what was I going to say? Something, something. You could do, um, uh, what's the name of it? The moon one solo, Crota. Yeah, Crota. I did that one solo, solo all have, the time. I don't have nearly enough experience, the exotics, or the knowledge to even attempt, uh, <laughs> even loading that <laughs> encounter. I don't think you can do it solo anymore. I think they fixed it. Then they uh, can be done solo. It's really hard though. Now. I saw someone who was that? I think it was uh, I think it was Clammy actually because he started popping up on my recommended feed. Uh, he went back and did it solo. Yeah, uh, it's still you, possible. I, it's just really hard. They yes. changed a lot of the mechanics so that to try to discourage it, so that you yes. can have the cheese stuff. They can never stop us as hard as Bungie tries. We will wow. always break their game. So you've only been raiding for like the last just about a year, Alphonse. Yep. I didn't do wow. Leviathan until uh, till Forsaken was about to drop. Hmm. Yeah, because your uh, your one year anniversary of joining the clan is three days after the clan's fifth anniversary of forming. So mm-hmm. look at you oh, look, googling all my stats in the background. Soren. <laughs> Soren. Yes. We need to take Alphonse through King's Fall. And Vault of Glass. Mm. I mean, King's Fall has two. Vault of Glasses, you know. Well, it's just a classic experience. King's Fall, because I want him to get the uh, the speed boost at the beginning of the Phallus Palace. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, so much fun, dude! That, that <laughs> the Phallus Palace is like the best jumping puzzle in Destiny history. <laughs> it was the up. most fun, definitely. I was going to say, it's like with how much uh, Bungie's been pushing these jumping puzzles as of late, that's a pretty uh, big statement to make. Oh, dude. The, that one's so good I'm because there's so many again. different routes and so many different methods. and Well, and it's hilarious to bring people in the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many different cheeses. Like, Yep. I used to sword climb my way up the wall. Yeah, you can sword climb it. Oh, and then there's the, uh, there's the basketball court. Yeah, the basketball court <laughs> works. <laughs> That's not a joke. There's a basketball court. Yeah. Why? Like actual... <laughs> it was uh, a play on the court of orcs, so they made the basketball orcs. <laughs> yeah, it's they, like the hive uh, out here just dunking on each other in their free time. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like something <laughs> that the developers added just for fun. 
because yep. they had just came up with the uh, the dunking mechanic for taking king. So they're like, well, you can dunk stuff. Why don't we add something to actually dunk with? You know, a that is absolutely they, hilarious. Yep, it, it's just. I mean, especially since we do have the uh, the ball throwing mechanic to pass stuff off, it makes sense. Yeah, we didn't back then. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We used to dunk, we had to dunk to do the the start the, the raid in King's yep. Fall. Yeah. So and then we also got a what was Rift? We got Rift around the same time. Yep. Which was mm-hmm. also when you could uh, do a backflip dunks. In a yep, rift. that was fun. <laughs> it's a level. What? Yeah, in the <laughs> Rift Crucible. In the Crucible. Mode, yeah. <laughs> if you approach the Rift backwards to dunk it, your character does a backflip. Yep. Always my favorite way to go. Getting the style points. Or the ball. Oh, yeah, you know, it was never my favorite game mode, but it was a nice change. I liked Rift better than Supremacy. Yeah. Iron Banner was, was a lot better than Supremacy. But I miss Supremacy, though. That was actually one of the few game modes I really liked because it wasn't dependent on your kills. It was depending on you doing your job and picking up crests. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it, yeah, that's a good point. Iron Banner was Rift once, or more than once, actually. That was fun. Most people hated it, though, because they were forced then to play Rift. I'm really debating hopping on my Warlock, which is almost maxed, and going into the competitive game mode here on D1 just because it's mayhem. It's uh, not really competitive, you know. It's got the name. It's close enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> it will boost my. Yeah, ego. Mayhem Rumble is a lot of fun, and it, I'm really bummed that they didn't put it into D2, even as just a a private match option, because we'd have a Mayhem Week in every tournament, every season. If, if there was Mayhem Rumble. Cannon? Yeah. Can activate mayhem in uh, private matches? Well, you can for Clash in D2, but there's no Mayhem Rumble in D2. Uh, there is something very close, though. Uh, when we were doing private matches, me and Friendly, um, you can set your super regen as one of the options incredibly high uh, that it essentially turns into what feels like mayhem. But that's not an option in the match. It's a yeah, it's a match option. Like all the small settings you can do. I mean, it won't be mayhem, mayhem. You know what I mean? Like quotes. But, but that's only be... in Gambit. That's not in no. Crucible. No, it's for Crucible private matches. Well, I need to go back and look at the options again because I must have added that. Yeah, I think so because we had it. We had one match where, that was essentially a, a team, a team mayhem. You know, like how normal mayhem is, not mayhem rumble. And we were popping supers nonstop. I oh yeah, no. There. there is a mayhem clash private match mode. Oh, but not mayhem rumble. Right. Yeah. Right. Which for our tournaments, mayhem clash doesn't still be fun though. I mean, at some point, if we could ever get the the participation level high enough, I would love to do a team tournament. But getting teams to consistently play each week was really tough. Whenever we tried it. Even with alternates and things like that. Dupe, do you have any uh, reminiscences about D1, like we're having? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, for me, D1, um, actually completing King's Fall from beginning to end was pretty awesome. I think King's Fall was the first full raid that I completed. 
because um, I came in when I came in, I was trying to get people to do um, Crota, and they were like, "Who are you, and why would you want to do Crota? It sucks." <laughs> it's a giant strike. So, basically, um, no, so, it's not. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that's what they were telling me. And I had yeah. Idea. It's I like a red nothing, layer, so. you know. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, um, so that, and then um, Wrath in the Machine, I just pretty much figure out how to master that. I mean, I got to the point in the Wrath of the Machine where, um, for some odd reason, everybody used to be like, if you're not running self-res, then you're pretty much throwing. Like, yeah. what do I need to run self-res for? <laughs> you could get get by True. just as well running no right exactly so I, I used and you know me I run my, my warlock I started running um, Voidwalker and you know how an axis like when you get to that second round especially on the um, the heroic or mm-hmm. whatever I forgot what they used to call the most and yep, um, heroic. it used to be tough to, to um, do the middle the middle um, boss to get the gun Mm-hmm. Not as your voice, <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I used to, yeah. I used to yeah. always put on my Nova, and they're like, "Why are you running Nova? You're gonna die." I'm like, "No, I don't die much." <laughs> you get your health back so there. easily. Yeah, yeah, you got your health back real easy. So I would go in there, Nova them down, get the scorch cannon, and gone. So, I mean, typically it always came down to finding good. Um, for me, finding good teams because I ended up having to solo a lot. Um. Because I don't think, yeah, I didn't get with you guys until D two. So, yep. Um, I had to solo a lot, so I was on LFG a lot. <laughs> um, the, um, <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I, I mean, it works for me though. Um, I know a lot of people had a lot of frustrations with Bungie.net and having that at work. It worked for me. For, I don't know if they changed the whatever they changed to it to make it not as good as it was. But when running through D1, um, I, that's how I got most of my stuff done. When it came mm. to raids, nightfalls, everything. Um, I did find a clan, which we ran pretty good. But then, you know, when you have a clan leader who leaves the game, um, says he's coming back, but never returns. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> that makes things harder, you know, hard to do, so... But yeah, I mean, and then um, with my schedule, work schedule, I had set schedule. So every time, every pretty much every um, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was in a raid. So I played raids more than PvP in D1. I was more of a PvE guy. And I didn't really start really getting into PvP into um, D2 because I used to be terrible. Yep. <laughs> my KD was... And, and they showed you your true KD in D1, so... Yeah, it wasn't your KAD or your efficiency, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever that is. <laughs> so, um, I was, uh, yeah, yeah, so... I mean, just for me, I, I would have to say running King's Fall and being able to... Oh, oh yeah, and then being at Oryx and using my Warlock to um, go Ascendant, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Because mostly, mostly everybody was like, well, you gotta be Hunter. Yeah, okay. You don't have to be hunter. Not no, you don't have warlock too on that. You don't need. Yeah. You don't need to be a hunter. No, <laughs> actually, the the fastest person I knew who could run on King's Fall was a Titan. 
Yeah, Titans, if you can control the speed in D1, because that was one thing. Titans were super fast in D1. So yeah. We can control we're, the speed. We're talking yeah, about the ascendant on Oryx, right? Yeah, on Oryx, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm on a Titan right now, and I can confirm that. <laughs> I feel, compared to when I first played Titan on D2, I, I feel like my agility is almost like minimum, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but in D1, I feel much faster as Titan a Titan. Skating. I do. <laughs> I don't even know how to do that. Uh, but I feel like much just... faster in D1 than when I was trying to play my Titan in D2. To Titan yeah. skate? Keep tapping have... X. <laughs> yeah, keep yeah, tapping well, X. it's a specific one. Which one is it? The uh, increased control? Uh, Which I lift think... was it? It's not the catapult lift. And... No, not catapult. I think it's the increased control. Yeah. Yeah. And all you do is you just hit, you jump. And then just before you hit the ground, you just start mashing jump again to kick your boost on and off. And then as soon as mm-hmm. you hit the ground, you'll hop and keep kicking it on and off, and you'll haul ass. Mm-hmm. And then you also, can do it on Warlocks had, a little bit. Well, Warlocks had sword gliding, which was even faster. Yeah. Well, if you had um, if you had Twilight Garrison on, that would help too on the Titan because you can oh, get yeah, your Twilight initial Garrison. momentum boost from Twilight Garrison. Yeah. Oh, sword flying as a titan back in D1. Yes. Well, and you can sword fly with any class. <laughs> well, I mean, but with a titan... You cross that gap. The entire uh, ship's ship puzzle. puzzle. Yeah. I love the ship's puzzle, though. That was like one of the best parts of that raid. Oh, ship's my gosh. Puzzle. All the holiday stuff. Oh. oh, yeah. Amanda Holiday actually sells stuff. Well, not only that, but she I'm looking at all man. the... I'm looking at all the old holiday stuff I used to have. Like, I have the skull mask from 2015. Yeah. Oh, you mean Amanda? Oh, they still, and you can still have uh, some of the masks we have now. Like, um, oh, what's his name? Aldrin. You can still have Aldrin as a mask. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, no one likes that one. That's that's why I skipped over that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have the, uh, the Oryx mask myself. Yep. Yep, and then there's Skull Loss and Saladin and Exotic Engrams and Yep. Everything uh, Skull Loss, wow. There's the spooky emote that you could get too, if I remember right. Yep. Which was where well, there was the taken one where you could look taken, and then there was the one where you floated up in the air and your head did a complete three sixty. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there was the stank leg. Yep. I think, uh, that, yeah, there's a couple of videos out now that really go into depth about it. And, oh, uh, I think shaders are much better now, though, than, uh, than they were. One shader for everything. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes you want certain aesthetics, you know? Um, yeah. And sometimes you have to barely kind of mix and match to get the right effect, depending on what you want. Well, if you didn't watch the Armor 2.0 stream, I know actually in the Armor I stream, the armor stream. I think it was in uh, this week at Bungie. Deej alluded to the fact that during year three, they're going to give out a new emblem for fashion. Oh, like they're going to um, have a weekly fashion contest that you can submit. You know, your customized guardian colors and armor. Uh, oh, you're actually, you're actually going to be able to go like it won't be a set shader. You can pick. The color colors. That's the goal, yeah. And then Bungie every week 
like they do movie of the week and they give out an emblem and all that. Same thing. It'll be faction of the week. You know what videos I hope come back out with that being in effect? Um, I know they were big in D1, but the videos where people were like syncing and using the weapons to create all these cool effects and like Husky Raid. Yes, exactly like that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I really wish the dance club would come back. I miss the dance club. What was the um, that last little bit of uh, Rise of Iron where they talked about how they brought back all the old year one raids? Yep. I they want burn to see all back. Yep. Yeah, I want to see another stream like that where they have because they basically just put on a fashion show. Yep. For the stream. Yep. I want to see that kind of thing again. That was awesome. Where they talked about, especially because you could get all the ornaments for the year one raid armor. And the new year one raid armor was awesome. I liked Vex legs. I so hope that something Bungie brings back is the crazy cool armor that you can get from raids and the cool effects you can put on. Oh, dude, my oh. character is still running uh, the Wrath of the Machine heroic mode shader. So the black with red with <laughs> Wrath of the Machine armor with the upgraded. So it's all glowing. So my character is like black with red glowy bits and all the SIVA and everything. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> and he has Bones BAO, which looks kind of stupid because everything's all tech. And then he has Bones strapped to his legs. You know, I really <laughs> hope they bring back as well, though. I, I doubt they will. Uh, I miss the awesome. weapons. Well, yeah, uh, besides <laughs> that. Um because I'm just looking through my vault now, uh, Husk of the Pit and the other uh, weapons similar to it. Well, uh, we, Necrochasm. Yeah, ones that were basically made to go against uh, certain enemies and all oh, the dread thing. Well, there's a oh, rumor that oh. that is coming back, Necrochasm. The dread thing looks so beautiful. I forgot how cool it looked. Which one was dread thing? It's uh, the sword that's all like wavy and taken. Yeah, the Taken oh, Sword. Yeah. The legendary one. Yeah, I remember now. That was a cool um, sword. Crap. Oh, I know what I want. The absolute thing that I must have. Um, Dinkobots. That wizard came from the moon line. Yeah. Because even in D1, when they went over to uh, Nolan North, every once in a while when you were doing that mission, you yep. <laughs> the, uh, the Dinkobot line, and then Nolan would you know, cough and, uh, and go, oh, I don't know what like, that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get that line back again. Hey, what were these exotics and armors? I don't remember having these. So I'm, I'm looking through some of my crazy stuff in like mask of the third man. Cause apparently I have Hunter and Titan stuff, even though I literally played nothing other than, uh, Orlock. Yeah. Like I have the dark blade helm for my Titan. And it's like, why do I have that? I never well, remember you could get cross exotics back then yeah all oh, right yeah because i also have titan body stuff like days days of iron uh the caracas and stuff like that i'm like how did i get these i don't remember yeah, you these. could not only could you get uh other class exotics but you could also turn in a purple and get a blue well mm. yeah for a while there oh the yeah, souvenirs that would change your head oh they also introduced the um it was the first Halloween where you could change your spawn animation. You could use a consumable. Yep. And briefly. The second one. It was both. There were some in the first and some in the second. I think I still have like 160 of these stupid bat spawn. Oh my god, yeah. I'm insane numbers. 
of that wow. stuff. I, I have so few exotics unlocked. I did not play D1 as much as I nearly thought. <laughs> I think I have every single exotic in D1. Uh, for Collection 1, I literally only have like eight unlocked. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have so much work to do. Dude, we need Dreg's, to... Uh, Dreg's promise. <laughs> oh, and the uh, King's Fall hand cannon that reloaded using the King's... Or the uh, Dreg's promise animation. Yeah. Which is now the animation Monster for the level. Gambit hand cannon. Once I get level 40, I'll pull you back from collections, stuff. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, oh, I need to reinstall Destiny 1 now and we can play together. Dragon's Breath. Mm-hmm. Yes, the upgraded yep. Dragon's Breath. The new one was awesome. <laughs> the underrated Dragon's Breath. Young Wolf's Howl, one of the great looking swords, especially if you had any of the emblems for it. Yeah, too bad it sucked. Still I, just, cool, though. I want to be able to move over all of my Ascendant Shards and Ascendant Energy into D2, since we're going to need them next season. Soren, how badly do you want to talk about Shadowkeep? Because you keep making references. <laughs> Uh, I'm just excited. Well, you, we still got like what six weeks left to wait, something like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? Sorry, I'm looking through the exotics and I'm looking at some of their perks, and I just I can only imagine how much salt and hate would happen if these came back. Well, like what? Uh, pocket infinity, a full oh, fusion rifle. They didn't even pull that into <laughs> into the newer versions of Destiny One. <laughs> Yeah. There's no way they're bringing that to the past. <laughs> well, I know, I'm, I'm just looking back and it's just like, oh gosh. They kind of fixed it with Merciless and also Pocket Infinity in D1 now is complete crap. They nerfed the hell out of it. It's down to like three rounds or something and yeah. the recoil is completely uncontrollable. Yep. Still think it's cool. Can't wait to get the no time to explain back. Uh, super good I, advice. Or the stranger's rifle. I want super good advice. Oh my god. Like, it's cool that we got Thunderlord, but that's not the one I wanted. I wanted super good advice. Yeah, super good advice. That was a good gun. Mm-hmm. It was a then you had the classic. Gun. Then you had the classic Gallowhorn and Truth in there. and Yep. Uh, Monte mm-hmm. Carlo's coming back. Uh... Abaddon and Nova Mortis. Nemesis Star. I do have Nova Mortis. That one I do know for sure. Nemesis Star is the one that was the reverse, right? Where I love down. Nemesis Star. Yeah. Uh, the weapon yeah. has a high rate of fire initially, and it gets slower, but it does more damage as the rate of fire decreases. And it gave you grenade energy as well on kills. So it was just Demolitionist in reverse. Um, Actually, it was ooh. Grenadier, not Demolitionist. <laughs> yeah. So I got a thought for you guys. Uh... So they already talked about how the Titan bubble is getting boost and bringing back weapons of light, right? Which is mm-hmm. going to be stupid. Do you think they're going to bring back the glass house exotic helmet? Oh, I hope so. Effect, to make sure. those effects uh, last longer. God, I hope not. <laughs> Somebody already figured out that if you have Helm of Same 14, you'll have weapons of light, blessing of light, armor of light while you're in the bubble, and you'll be... Uh, invincible while you're in the bubble. And if you kill somebody with a melee, you give everybody another overshield on top of, not on top of, but with the blessings. So it's like, it's going to be crazy. (laughs) Obviously, they're getting rid of the ability to stack all this stuff, so you can't have, like, weapons of light and, 
uh, well at the same time. Right. But it's still like bubbles going to be crazy. That's good though. Like, cause that's really a super you haven't seen in a long time. And it's nice that it's getting something back to bring it back into the light. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's fuck it. You know, like, you Iron Banner no... is going to be crazy. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Well, it was just so overpowered that, you know, bubble, you can't shoot inside of it. So you have to be unsafe to use it. Thank you. Right. And I mean, to a degree, too, I mean, we, when we were messing around with Scourge before I hopped in and stuff, most raids, usually you just need Hunters and Warlocks. There hasn't been a super huge need uh, for Titans, and it would be nice to have Titans make a comeback. I mean, Heroic Menagerie, playing that with the clan, proved to me that Bubble Titans are super viable for a game mode like that, even yeah. more than the well. Yeah, but then we're going back to the issue in D1 where... You always need a Titan, but you always need a Titan to only use Bubble. And then you don't ever need a Striker, and you don't even ever need a Hammer, bro. I think a really good way would be um, if you could stack many Melting Points with uh, Hammer Throws as a Hammer Titan. Yeah. But isn't that, that really the uh, Burning Maul one is the Throne one? Or am I dumb? No, I mean like um, if you do a normal hammer titan each time you hit an enemy with one of your um hammers during your super if it stacks like a third of a melting point oh yeah 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 yeah. that way you can pop your super throw hammers do damage and as you're doing damage to them you're also hitting them with melting point and so your buddies are also doing damage more damage you know that kind of thing little mini support elements like that so you can either run bubble if you want to or you can run hammers for bosses, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Oh, definitely. And if we really do want to talk about Shadow Keep, we could just keep it as we could just edit it out at the end. <laughs> no, I mean, we, well, yeah, we can always <laughs> leave it for next time. And if, like you say, if we want to just, you know, after we're done with the podcast, <laughs> yeah, we can just talk about it afterwards. Yes. Yeah. And it would Which also speak- be good uh, if we listen to the unedited extra stuff at the end. Uh, good talking points for when we officially talk about it whenever we get to the next show. Yeah, next episode. Yeah. Speaking of, I still have to actually write up the whole thing about that. But uh, until then, does anybody else have anything else they want to discuss? Because it has been what, two hours now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a good episode. Started slow, but we've been going for a while now. Nobody? I think we're good. No. Right. Nothing. Well. Uh, thanks for joining us on episode nine of the Salarian Clan podcast, Soul Notes. Uh, next episode, we're going to be discussing Shadowkeep, as I've mentioned multiple times. And uh, hopefully, you guys will join us again. Uh, guys, thanks for coming yeah. along. Alphonse, you were only about an hour and a half late. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't think the raid stuff would take so long. You guys get it done? That's why I gave a one hour warning. Well, I didn't think it was going to take that long, and then we were just we were having technical issues. Trouble. Yeah. Uh, as we were going for the servitor kills with the tanks and uh, completing it with just arc subclasses. All right. Well, I'll see you guys maybe in about three weeks if you guys want to be on the Shadowkeep episodes. And thanks for joining us.
All right. No problem. Thank you. Thank for you all. Us. Yep. Yeah.